Crock Elite, a podcast about no effects. The anniversary, Red. Thank you. Yes, I'm sure you. I'm sure all the listeners are knowing that uh, we're recording this on the very day that Punkin Droblick turns 29 years young. How exciting! What a lovely, lovely day. It's not often we coincide with uh, remarkable no effects related um, events. You know, maybe we'll record a podcast on August 8th. Who knows? Yeah. And uh, if we do a Lagwagon episode, May 16th. We're going to have to wait about a year for a Lagwagon episode. So <laughs> if you were hoping for that, yeah, absolutely. I'm sure there are other dates Um if we do one about the Pogues, uh, we'll have to wait until the bells are ringing out on Christmas Day. <laughs> so, yeah, there we go. We got an interview with a comedian today. Yeah, this was a really good one. Like, it's yeah. really nice to talk to an absolute mega fan. Seriously, if you are under the impression you're a fan of no effects, um, you might come away thinking, maybe there's more to my life because Ali Bryce... <laughs> For it is he, Ali Bryce is just uh, to, to to the point of being an obsessive. I think uh, yeah. self self confessed obsessive. We're not slagging anyone off here, so that's very very exciting to hear. Um, we're we're changing. Well, let's just admit a thing: we're changing it up. We used to mm-hmm. record the intros and outros just after we recorded the main body of the episode if it yes. were an introduction if it were an interview beg your pardon and we'd just record an intro do the episode and then record an outro in one fell swoop if we were doing a deep dive we've changed that because we're quite ahead of ourselves in the schedule for example today as as you know if you're thinking oh it must be if it's the 29th anniversary of Punk and Droblick, then that means it must be the 20th of July, 2023. You're like, yeah, obviously. We're not, we're not going to condescend that you didn't know that, <laughs> listeners, dearest. But uh, the episode that, we were, that we're recording today will be going out possibly in early September. Mm-hmm. Therefore, anything we say about ourselves or about the world of punk rock will be wildly out of date come that time. So we're recording just a few days before the episodes go out in the hope of keeping you up to date with stuff. Because, you know, like there are every now and then like things pop up in terms of like uh, news regarding like what we're talking about. Mm. Um, we don't want to confuse you, the listener, being like, oh, this this breaking news has just dropped. And you were like, I'm pretty sure that happened two months ago. Yeah, exactly. So... That's why. And um, I mean, we'd love to tell you that this is something we sort of came to as a result of just just thinking normally about stuff, but it's actually as a result of something really horrible. Um, Yeah. Because, uh, you know, normally we'd be having a party in a year's time to celebrate the 30th anniversary of Punk and Droblick. But what we'll actually be doing is celebrating the first anniversary of anti-flag splitting up. Yeah, which is sad until you hear the circumstances for it. And then you go, oh, well, maybe it's a good thing. The Yeah, I mean, these are still alleged circumstances. No Absolutely. names have been named. 
but enough clues have been dropped. And also, um, well, there's a there's a podcast called This Is Enough um, about, and it's where people share their experiences of essentially um, a content warning for uh, sexual crimes. By the way, uh, con- they, they share their um, their experiences of. Uh, sexual assault specifically within the music industry okay Mm -hmm. and kind of depressing that there's enough content to get a full podcast yeah you know like a regular podcast out of something so specific yes absolutely Uh, I hadn't heard of it before this morning Uh, I I have listened to the episode in question where a um well I because she because the lady in question hasn't named the person as specifically being just insane from anti flag even though that is where a lot of the evidence is pointing and people are making connections um i i won't name her but you can find the podcast very easily like i say this is enough she doesn't appear to be hiding from it she made it very clear on the podcast she's not afraid to talk about this anymore even though this happened a while ago as we know these -hmm. things take time for people to work through whatever it is and work up enough um work up whatever it is they need to work up to actually talk about it yeah and um and 14 hours after the episode was released the entirety of anti-flag's social media presence including personal accounts Mm. gone obliterated as if they were never there and it doesn't feel like the behavior of an innocent person no it it seems to be taken quite seriously from the other uh band members their management um i understand that like their patreon's gone down yep um yeah, and it seems, um, you know, it's strange and sad, but also, you know, uh, very, um, what are the words? You know, like, I think it's very brave of someone to come forward with such a strong um, allegation. Um, yeah. Never easy to do so. No. Um, but the speed in which anti-flag have broken up seems to lend a little bit of credence to, to it all. It's, yeah, I mean, these allegations like this are happening more frequently. And I don't think that's because of it being some sort of trend or someone with a, or people going, this is a good way to, like, people who who come forward and say this happened to me still get treated worse than the people who apparently did the thing mm, generally yeah. speaking it's not also you know she's not coming forward and saying dave grohl did this this is not an international megastar mm-hmm. i'm i'm choosing dave grohl because he's an incredibly famous you know musician <laughs> i'm not don't read into that, but I'm saying someone of his status, of his fame, of his, you know, he's a stadium filling frontman of a, a, a rock band. Yeah. This was anti-flag. 
you know, not even the most famous band on their own headline tours. It's, you know, it's sort of, you know, that <laughs> this isn't that, you know, that it, it's, uh, it seems to be, uh, a very, and also I think the, the thing with anti-flag is, is that because of their lyrical content, because of their yes. political position, like I said, you know, it wasn't like if someone said, if so, you know, people have accused Marilyn Manson of things and it's like, seems like a creep didn't 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 give up all the weird creep stuff when it became when he became too old for it so we're not just you know doing this weird pantomime boogeyman thing um but uh, you know yeah i i always think it's the most disappointing when it comes from artists who you know a lot of their career is railing against this sort of stuff and yes you know uh, i would have liked to have thought a an anti-flag gig was a relative safe space for women and um, well, for people of of all genders and of, of anyone who, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's kind yeah. of like their vibe, isn't it? And then exactly, put, yeah. It, I always find it the most disappointing when it's from people in that sphere. Well, according to the uh, according to the podcast, um, she said the way that this singer. Um, and and he is referred to as the lead singer, I believe. Yes, in the yeah, referred to as the lead singer. This this individual is referred to as the lead singer of a of an overtly political East Coast punk band, who and put his age at about forty years old about ten years ago, and also pointed out that he was going to be in her town. She was in New York. She was about an hour away from New York uh, City. Um, went to see them and he said, oh, I'm going to be in your area for a film festival in September. There was a film festival in that and and there was a, um, and it was a, a film about protest songs. Someone had made a documentary and mm-hmm. they'd interviewed a lot of people. Uh, they'd interviewed, and some of the people they'd interviewed, so this is no effects related, Jello Biafra, Henry Rollins, Fat Mike and Just Insane. Uh, now, Fat Mike and Henry Rollins and Jello Biafra, none of whom were in um, East Coast punk mm-hmm. bands, as political yeah. as they have been. Jello Biafra, don't know, was even in a sort of an active band at the time, maybe the Guantanamo School of Meta. But, you know, um, and also none of those other things fit. None of them had played a gig in New York at the at the right time. So it, it was a lot. It's a lot like the. Um... If we've got any UK listeners, the recent furore about Hugh Edwards, where yes, you know when it when it first kicked off, we we were just told a, an unnamed BBC presenter, uh, pretty big, you know, household name, six figure salary, um, that there were allegations to his name, and therefore Twitter went on a little bit of a uh, an Easter egg hunt trying to find yes. out who it could be. Yes, um, and this is a similar situation. You know, we're, we're, we've got all of the clues. It's, we're playing guess who at the moment. It's like, okay, so was he in a political uh, protest song documentary? Yes, he was. Okay, click, click. It wasn't Jim from Pennywise. Okay, click, 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 click. And you know, I, um, I do recognise how depressing that all is. You know, and how it, and how flippant we're being. Game. It's uh, yeah, absolutely. We're, we are being flippant because it, yeah. it it's this is how we process. And I understand us processing this is not the important bit of this story 
really i do we do appreciate that we're talking about some really heavy stuff and we don't normally but i think it's um it's a real shame to to do that i I do have some excellent news um otherwise uh which should hopefully lift this uh, a little bit but um yeah so we we no no no, please (laughs) i was just gonna say also you know like we're not the biggest anti-flag fans like So, uh, I can't pretend that uh, I'm as sad as some people may be listening to this podcast because, you know, I have seen them live a fair few times and they are a pretty damn good live act, or they were. Yeah. Um, but, you know, like, ne- never quite been mind bag because I've always thought that they were a little bit like, yeah, like, you know, we, we all agree with these politics, but there's something about banging on about it that, is a little bit suspect to me and it turns out it was very suspect yeah i don't i don't care for the term try hard because some people are a lot more earnest than i am mm. i i think i think being earnest is not a luxury one can afford if one is a comedian because <laughs> you can't you can't not be open to the fact that the things you believe do have inherent absurdities to them. Yes. And an earnestness means that you go, no, this, you know, you go Mandalorian about it, you go, this is the way. And it's like, you know, I like Mandalorian, but if you just go, this is the way, it's like, mate, come on. You're not even thinking about this shit. That's why you're trying to drink a cup of coffee with a helmet on. You know, it's, you know, that in an, <laughs> the, the inherent absurdity of that, you know, that it's just that sort of thing, uh, an inflexibility. There are some things which I am inflexible on, um, you know, uh, sex criminals in, in, uh, in bands. <laughs> don't, don't really have a lot of give in that. You know what I mean? So um, it's sort of, um, but, you know, there, there, there is something... Uh, They've never seemed like fun. Yeah. And I think if you're hiding what you do for fun, what is it that you're doing for fun? (laughs) This is pure wild speculation now, and I appreciate that. If you are an anti-flag fan and you feel utterly let down by these revelations, I get it. I totally get it. It would be very upsetting. I... I heard one song, there was a Plea for Peace compilation that Jesse Michaels released. Um, they had the first song on it. And uh, and it had, I, I remember quite liking it. I'd never heard them before. And I was like, oh, this is kind of cool. And then uh, it had a little instrumental breakdown where it had a clip of a Martin Luther King speech in the middle of it. And I was like, oh, no, 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 it's, it's still good, though. It's still, still good song. It's still, it was sort of, <laughs> it it felt really it felt like the band was stood there staring you in the eye with their fingers across their lips like you shut up and listen to this bit this is the important and it's like i don't need this shit signposted for me i can i'm able to listen to something and work out what the intended meaning is it's not anyway um, and, and also, hey, if you are an anti-flag fan, you're sad that they've broken up and all of that, just remember, Matt Skiba has recently left Blink-182, <laughs> and he will join any band. Absolutely. So, <laughs> 
So there that, is hope. <laughs> that there is hope that would be weird. If you've always thought I'd love anti flag if only they were slightly more occult adjacent. <laughs> And there we go. The next album will be sort of about socialism and Alistair Crowley. <laughs> and- Which, to be honest, I'm there. To be, I mean, they've just, you know, I, I can get on board with that, absolutely. Yeah, that sounds great. It does. So, I mean, sorry to, to front load this episode with um, a little bit of, of trauma processing. Yeah. Uh, Eddie, I understand you had some, some nice news. Yes, I do have some nice news. Um, I'm just going to bring it up on my phone so I get all of the details correct. But we recently had a, um, in fact, it was yesterday, we had uh, a message on Instagram. This is another reason we're recording the intros and outros for episodes a lot closer to the date of release. So that if you do send us something, you're not waiting a month and a half for us to go, yeah. and we got an email, and you just hear your own name and go, did I send them an email? Oh, I probably did, you know. So um <laughs> got this from uh, someone called Guy. Um, I was about to say a guy called Guy, but that's like he's never heard that in his life. He doesn't need that. So anyway, this uh, <laughs> someone called Guy sent uh, from Shadow Promotions. Uh, you can find them, Shadow Promotions DIY. That's the bit we're liking. Thank you. Um, said, uh, I love listening to the podcast and just wanted to say listening to some of the episodes really helped us with that little extra push we needed to get our promotions thing up and running in Reading. Got our first show happening soon with some great bands. Many thanks and much love, Guy. Lovely. Isn't that wonderful? So um, I'm guessing that uh, it's probably uh, Paul and Ollie the uh of the uh new cross tavern till the wheels all of those uh all those wonderful enterprises uh stew from face down all the diy stuff um so yes it's still happening and uh that's brilliant thank you so much guy it is uh guy and james who are running it and a uh, big shout out to zara who's doing the designs the flyers and stuff so um I'm gonna I'm going to find let's see view profile. Yes, so they have um at the Butler in Reading on the sixth of October. Oh, plenty of time. Get your uh, six pounds in advance. Uh eight pounds on the door. Can't say fairer than that, can you? No. Uh filthy militia and tape it shut, along with uh bald head and the dreads, launch control and prey. So if you are Reading or Reading adjacent in the UK, get down there. Show up. I don't know what the butler's like. I, I don't think I've been to Reading once and um mm-hmm. I don't remember as a great deal as I think I was uh, getting a coach from somewhere to somewhere else. Uh like some sort of troubadour. But yeah, so Shadow Promotions DIY, follow them, give them a follow on uh, Instagram. And Facebook, just to, uh, even if you're living somewhere totally different, gives them a little bump. It makes them a bit more visible and they can get out and do all of the good stuff. So uh, I think that would be uh, a brilliant thing to do. So, yes. Speaking of other brilliant things, let's brilliant this up a bit more. Ali Bryce. Absolutely. Really looking forward to this chat. Uh, But also, before we jump into it, I'd I'd love to give a little shout out to the Midlife uh, Punk podcast who had us on uh, recently. Had so much fun recording an episode with them. Um, 
and yeah just a just a it's it's a really great episode if you want to go and find it um it's available from all good uh, uh podcast providers mm-hmm. uh, and it's the, the midlife punk podcast right that's correct yes lovely Yes, the Midlife Punk Podcast. It's um, it's it's other it's other old people from the UK, uh, not like seventy seven era old, just like you know, nineties punk old. Um, they're old enough to know better. Uh, they do a lot of brilliant interviews with tons and tons of bands. You'll be able to find so many new uh, groups to listen to, and they asked us. Uh, we had them on not so long ago. Go and find that episode because that was great fun. Mm-hmm. And they asked us, and I um, rather cheekily asked if we could do one of their compilation reviews because I love those episodes. And we listened to Give Them the Boot Volume 2. So very little no effects talk. Um, yeah. So, uh, yeah, very exciting indeed. But, yeah, that was that was really, really good fun. Oh, it's a long one. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's a goodie. It is a goodie, yeah. If you've got yourself a, a long commute or a, a family event for the members of the family that you don't enjoy, uh, you know, you can listen to that in one ear whilst nodding along to whatever Uncle Twat has got to say. But uh, yeah, <laughs> Ali Bryce, a, a comedian um, uh, based down in that London, has got uh, all sorts of uh, exciting uh, prospects. I think you can see them at the Fringe this year. I think yes, he's doing big, it up in Edinburgh. Big, big, big Edinburgh Fringe favourite. Uh, if yes. you are heading up to that arts festival, do check out Ali Bryce. You want to see some uh, alt, uh, unusual uh, sort of left field stuff? I think, beg your pardon, I think he's also doing a, um, uh, doing a sort of a, a uh, a crowd work show which is all just audience mm. interaction uh which is uh, a lot of fun and uh when someone's good at that that's there's very little better you come out with a, a very a very unique show each time so uh, do that but look, we're just going to bounce straight in huh, 20 minutes in i'm like a fucking youtube tutorial so we're just <laughs> going to go right ahead and bounce in uh to this episode so do listen to ali bryce we'll uh, talk about it when we get back Red and I are here with Ali Bryce. Hello, Ali. Hi, guys. How's it going? Good, Good. thank you. How are you? Yeah, very well, thank you. Good. Thank you so much for joining us. You're uh, you're down in uh, down in that London, am I right? I am. I am in London, near Farringdon, King's Crossway. Oh, right. Yeah, just if people want to picture it. <laughs> You've, uh, that's the, <laughs> the sort of the nearest um, uh, thing that will have been on the telly that you can uh, identify with. That's cool. Yeah. <laughs> nice one. Um, thank you so much. Uh, would you like to just introduce yourselves for uh, for our listeners? Um, yeah. Hi, I'm Ali Bryce, a comedian of sorts and um, big No Effects fan. And I also have a moustache. If anyone doesn't know me and wants to picture me, it's like a Ted Lasso <laughs> kind of moustache. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's that. That's me in a nutshell. <laughs> Amazing. Now people are just Lovely. listening to a professionally funny moustache. Yeah. <laughs> that's good that's uh hey it's a twitter biog if uh if you need one uh yeah. so uh excellent cool well um uh thank you uh so much for joining us uh, how did you uh oh you you do you do comedy uh as yeah. a job yeah but uh you're um clearly a big fan of punk rock what yeah when, when, when did you get into that which was what? it first was it comedy or punk uh well comedy first comedy from a very young age like uh it's mm-hmm. weird because i was never into 
music like i i didn't i don't have an older brother and i think when you're that's kind of a way or an older sibling that's how you kind of get into music isn't it so i wasn't Often, yeah, and yeah, like absolutely. my friends i remember going around their houses and seeing like i didn't know what it was but like that michael jackson album cover it's got like gold and i was like what why do i keep seeing this everywhere and then <laughs> later on i was like oh they were oh right all their their older siblings were listening to michael jackson so they all got into michael jackson anyway i wasn't into mm. music or sports or, or anything really yeah. and then um, <laughs> i my dad was watching harry and jump and i was like oh what's this uh, this mm. seems this mm. seems they're doing things and people are laughing and then eventually i discovered stand-up comedy and was like whoa what yeah. is this and so i'd be going down the uh i'd buy Lee Evans VHSs from charity shops and like yeah. ten dodd tapes, and then like hmm. rent DVDs from the uh, whatever the rental store was, me and like stay in and just watch, just just devour stand up comedy, hmm. and then come back from the pub and see live at Jonquas and live at the comedy store, and was well, I just love it. I just loved it. Then I started being funny at school, mm -hmm. and was like, someone said to me like. His name was Joe Bardi, and we were eight. And he went, "You're going to be a comedian?" And I was like, "Yeah, probably." So it's like cemented <laughs> from an early age. Nice. And and then music, I I got my mum would listen to Phil Collins, and I'm I'm a, I'm a big Phil Collins fan. You know, I'm not gonna I'm not ashamed of that. And then I like got into <laughs> sure. the Divine Comedy and Beautiful South. And then my younger brother came home from school with "So Long and Thanks for All the Shoes," and and he played me. Uh, murder the government and my initial reaction was what the fuck is that that's too short to be a song i hate it. i hate it like i really was like that's awful and then for whatever reason he was listening to them and you know they were they were just kind of there and i think i was probably in like green day and blink 182 i kind of got into that back in the days when you listen to albums all the way through and read the liner notes and then i started seeing like Oh, the no effects is popping up here and there, and I was like, "Oh, that's what my brother brought home." And then I started listening to it, and I've just become a lifelong fan. Something clicked to me, and I was like, "I absolutely love this band," and mm. it's been like a life lifelong. It's an obsession. Like I, I love mm. no effects. I'm obsessed with them. Yeah. <laughs> so that's why. So because we've seen. There were some photos of you with like Fat Mike and some of the other members recently. Like, have yeah, you been to some of the, well, their final shows. Well, yeah, I, I went to um, I went to the Hatfield show, uh, which I didn't think I'd go to because yes, I saw them in 2018 or the last time they when they played Brixton, and I I mm. I thought they were awful. You know, as no effects can be live. <laughs> I was like, this is yeah. this is so Absolutely. disappointing. Like, Fat Mike's was in like you know, drunk and on drugs and clearly didn't give a fuck, you know, like he talks about giving 60 or so percent. He gave way less than that. And I was just like, this is, <laughs> this is shit. And I was like, I'm never going to see them again. And then I saw they were doing their final tour and I was genuinely heartbroken. And I was like, yeah. right, well, I'll... and then I found out it's at festivals and I was like, no, do club shows yeah. what are you talking about doing festivals yeah and then i saw the bro package and was like okay so which for people that don't know the bro package was you get to watch them from the side of the stage and you get to have a photo with the band at the beginning so you have a chance to meet uh and it costs 
500 pounds so yeah. i i paid 500 pounds to watch no effects last show in the uk which i luckily i didn't regret because i then watched all their shows and youtube videos from their the first shows they were doing in america that also had the bro package to try and see where people were standing mm-hmm. And a lot of them were standing at the back of the stage behind the amps, behind the drums, and couldn't see anything. And I was like, yep. what the fuck have I just spent £500 on? Like, this, <laughs> this is insane. And I was really, really nervous. But luckily, then I watched the footage from the Leeds show and saw people were, like, right on the side, side on, mm. quite near the front. And that's where we were in Hatfield. And you better believe I... Like I got pictures with Fat Mike and um, and then was like, right, I got my so long a thanks for all the shoes signed, and I was like, right, I've got a choice here. I can try and get pictures with Smelly Melvin and Hefe, or I can get to the front of that. I can get the best spot on stage. So I went and rushed to the front and got to the front of the barrier, and then luckily Smelly and Melvin came up, and I got pictures with them and had a little chat with them. I never got Hefe, but I had the time of my life. It was it was awesome. They'd like they'd been rehearsing. They cared. They played the songs. They were tight. It was so long and white trash. I loved every second of it. It was money well spent and a little dream come true for this no effects nerd. That's incredible. (laughs) I uh, I I I love that because uh, there's been some chatter because we started this basically as a response to them saying yeah. oh we're not going to tour anymore yeah and we're sort of trying to process what a world yeah. without mm. the inevitable no effects appearance is like mm. um something i noticed rolling stones fans haven't had to worry about so they can right. count themselves bloody lucky. <laughs> yeah yeah um you know so, <laughs> so uh we've been sort of uh, frequenting more forums or you know facebook pages of no effect yeah. stuff people talking about all the stuff coming up and there's been a lot of complaints about the bro package but i i don't know mm. if people actually read what it was beforehand yeah there's some people going can't believe it i had to miss lag wagon because we had to go and queue to get on the stage i'm like what you think you were getting transported there by magic what you yeah yeah you know it's it's really weird yeah so also it's nice I... to hear that someone who spent it and was like this was absolutely worth well, every penny yeah yeah, I mean, I had a great time. And also, you don't have to miss Lagwagon. You just have to st- stand at the side of the stage and be like, right, I have to be ready to meet here. At, you know, if you read the yeah. instructions, yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. fine. Also, I don't mind missing Lagwagon. I think they're very boring for- live. Um, I just, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm not, not interested in them. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was even as a, a Lagwagon fan, I didn't think that the show we saw at Leeds was like... no. Best I think Jerry seems to be maybe he's losing his voice or he seems a bit a bit uh, ill or something, a bit tired. But it's they're strange. old men. But well, yeah, that's it. it was yeah. a, a lot of yeah. a lot of very old people and the yeah. maths were what we got to watch. Um, but I, th- I think I think one of the things is is it's very odd because they're doing like half an hour, even. Like because we, we had less than Jake yeah, as the main support, and they can't have done more than half an hour. Yeah, and it's it's it seems wild. It's like I get like the first handful of bands doing half an yeah. hour each, especially when you got like co-defendants. Like they got one record. It's like you're playing most of yeah. a record, maybe not even all of it. But then <laughs> I love the co- co-defendants. By the way, 
Are you a fan? Yeah, I've been, yeah, I've been working through. I, I every time I listen to them, I like them a little bit more. I think it's just sort of incrementally uh, working up. Although there was a few sound problems with them live at Leeds that the mix was the mix was a little yeah. tricky yeah. Um, because three guitars, which seemed unnecessary. Um, see also lag wagon, <laughs> um, but uh, they, they had that mm. and. Um, and and the whoever was mixing it the 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 computer that was playing the sort of beats and sampley bits that, right. that was wasn't blended well in the mix either so it's, but it but the, they were right, definitely right. given it some I I enjoyed watching them I thought they yeah. were good mm. but that yeah I've listened to the album a few times mm. and I I I like I I just like that it exists currently I like more that it exists than I actually enjoy it. There are sometimes you go. I'm okay. glad this is happening. Yeah, fair enough. It might not be for me, but yeah, yeah. But it's uh, but it, I, yeah. I do think it's good, and I'm interested to hear what else they do. But that's cool. So, um, you had a slight. Mm. You didn't have. Did you have co-defendants or? But did you have Get Dead at um, Hatfield? Uh, we had Get. We had Get Dead, uh, who were fantastic. Right. Like uh, I, I like. Yeah. I only got into them with um, Dancing with the Curse, um, but they they were awesome. Better than they were on record. I think that yeah. Sam guy is like a great. He's an excellent performer. He clearly gives his all to everything. Yes, they were my second favorite band on the on the lineup. Yeah, we had uh, oh, Meth's Anti Flag, um, Comeback Kid, Go Defendants, and Lagwagon. I think that was that's who we had. Oh wow. Oh wow! Oh, yeah, you guys, you got you got anti flag. We didn't have anti flag. Uh, we had less than Jake no. instead. Uh, and were they main support then? Anti flag. Uh, they no lagwagon were the ones before no effects. I would have preferred to have less than ah, Jake okay, yeah. than anti flag. Fair enough. Although le- less than Jake were a bit mm. hamstrung. I they think were, we're legally operating... prohibited from playing anything from Hello Rock. They couldn't play anything from Hello Rockview because they were doing the the entirety of Hello Rockview as part of their slam dunk thing. So contractually, they couldn't do any Hello Rockview. So what what age did you say you were when you first heard uh, No Effects? And then was it then that you sort of really got into the sort of the the punk rock side of things? Uh, I was probably about. 13 or 14 when my younger brother um played me no effects and like i said before i i I really didn't like it you know at that point i'd been listening to i probably had the opinion that that songs have to be at least three minutes to be a proper song (laughs) so when i heard murder the government i was like no that's 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 you that's rubbish but i think i was already listening to blink and green day but it was no effects when I finally got into them that like opened up the world of punk rock. And I think that's a natural progression, like Blink, Green Day, no effects. And then through that, I got into like Fat Wreck and, and then into record labels, you know, and, and like kind of figuring all that stuff out. Um, yeah. But I, I can't really. Rem- I've been listening to them and loving them for so long now. I can't really remember the moment when I, like, fell in love with No Effects. I just, I just, gotcha. it, it's so ingrained in me now. Like I listen to them 
most weeks, if not most days. So, yeah. and I think I think what what they do is, I mean, I mean, oh, Fat Mike's obviously the captain of the ship, but I just think everything that he has done, you know, independent band, he's he's done it his own way, you know. There's there's no like underhand. It's, 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 there's nothing wrong with what he's done. Like he may be a punk rock millionaire, but he's not made his money in a bad way. He's just done what he wants yeah. and taken his best friends along with him, you know, and then through Fat Wreck, given all these like bands careers and in a way I think kept punk rock alive for people. So that, yeah. that's why I, I like them. It's more than just the music, which is awesome. It's the whole like world around it. And I don't know any other bands where I know the roadies or follow them on Instagram and, and like I'm interested yeah. in like, people outside the band i think it's wicked i just i just love it there's there is a, a whole cast of characters outside mm. of the main four because they're i mean we said there's really early doors but there is a sort of they're like the young ones in that they're all very distinct characters yeah who yeah you think wouldn't necessarily rub along together too yeah. well but really can't function without one another yeah but yeah obviously they can but in this sort of heightened cartoony version of themselves yeah and, and and there's something very appealing about that and then i was um when i i went to the hatfield show on my own because no no one i know really likes no effects and then it's that weird thing where i can take a step back and go well objectively i think they are quite bad like they're not a good band but i love them <laughs> i think they i think they're awesome it's that weird yeah. weird thing i think they're brilliant anyway my friends were like my brother said Oh, maybe I'll get you a ticket for your birthday. And I was like, I don't think you will because the ticket I've got costs £500. <laughs> and he was like, okay, fine. So I went on my own and I, I bumped into another dude who'd got the bro package, uh, which, which as a side note, I think is an awful name uh, for, for yeah. the ticket. Um, but we were talking and he was like, yeah, maybe they'll just like, maybe the Melvin Smelly and Hefe will carry on like without Fat Mike. I mean, they could just play no effect songs. And I was like, nah, you need the no. four of them. You need the four of them to be together. Even if Fat Mike was like, I'll, I'll play with three other musicians. You'd be like, nah, it has to be the four of them. They're yeah. the band. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, it's not like they could do, because this isn't just someone quitting. Like when um, Milo left the Descendants yeah. and they became all for a, a long time mm. as longer than they were the descendants I yeah. think, until the descendants got back together <laughs> it's sort of you can sort of do that because like the descendants not to take anything away from those three the three sort of musicians mm. but milo was the cartoon character in yeah the, exactly the, you know the weird little guy with his thermos flask yeah. attached to him and his you know big big specs and stuff and, yeah and he's and he's the character on the front of the cartoon and all that stuff you take that away then obviously you got, you got three kind of faceless blokes yeah, yeah, yeah. You can just get another singer and you know d do loads of stuff but with this it's sort of it i think it might be the first parasocial relationship i ever had <laughs> yeah you know <laughs> <what> I <mean? laughs> like yeah because you know these days people talk about you know oh you know uh, youtubers or instagram influencers you know are they 
doing this thing where people are investing too much in them and everything they do. And I'm yeah. like, yeah, yeah, wouldn't catch me doing yeah, that. Right, yeah, right. Like, did what? Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Oh, come on. <laughs> it's like, it's pathetic, really. Yeah. But I, I, I couldn't be without it. And no, so this, same. You know, and same. So, you know, poured over that book when the book came out. Yeah. I got it on audio. I just listened to it back to back twice through because I just had to. It was yeah, same. And because if you got into them in the 90s, they didn't do interviews or anything. Yeah. You couldn't find anything anywhere. Yeah. So the minute they dropped out any little tidbits, you'd be pounce on it. and just... Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm totally the same. Yeah. Did you? I bought a pack of Plectrums. Do you see that? When he, he, uh, Jim Dunlop, he was like, Jim Dunlop has had the same uh, pick moldings for like forever. Yeah. And then Fat Mike managed to convince him to press somewhere. I was like, "Yeah, I'll, I'll buy them. I'll buy them." <laughs> I didn't. I haven't bought any of those. Yeah. But, uh, I, I do intend to. It's, uh, yeah. But it's it's funny. It's it's something that like and all this sort of like stuff like Seven Inch of the Month Club and all those yeah, kind of yeah, things. Yeah. Like I don't I don't have any. I simply couldn't justify spending uh, money. I just didn't have. Oh uh, no! I that kind of stuff. I uh, went on Facebook like before lockdown. Well, maybe maybe three four years ago and then it was like suggested group and it was this group called no effects vinyl collectors only and I, and i clicked on it and was like oh yeah i think i clicked on it and was people talking about no effects like sincerely and with love and i was like oh yeah i like this place so talking yeah. about the music but then they're talking about all the variants and all this stuff and i was mm. like oh maybe i'll just like i'll just i'll buy some no effects records and i am in a deep dark hole of trying to collect every every no effects which i can't so no. i've i've cut off i'm not interested in uh and i'm not interested in liberal animation i'll go from snm airlines onwards uh and even then i won't get variants uh, uh, i'll get variants from punk and Drublick onwards but right, it's, right. it's like impossible there are people on there who have like every single pressing and every single variant of yeah. no effects wow. records it's seriously impressive yeah. yeah so but it's a great place for someone like me who loves no effects to go and not yes. feel so alone <laughs> it's weird there's the um the no effects aficionados facebook group which yeah. seems, seems to be 60 percent going why the fuck are no effects so shit yeah, yeah, and, yeah. Um, and it's it's a really really weird way <laughs> to uh go about but then again i also like doctor who and comic books right. i'm well used to fandoms that hate the thing they yeah. love and, yeah yeah no, and no I, one hates no effects more than their biggest fan yeah yeah exactly it's an amazing and I, I go through the same thing single album and double album really excited mm. listened to them the first time and i was like this is dog shit i hate it it's rubbish <laughs> but then i keep listening to it and go oh actually it's brilliant i like yeah. i think that i think they're really good albums yeah. still apart from Double album, the Stephen Hawkins song. Get rid of that. I hate that song. Waste oh, of time. Absolutely. Like it's terrible. But I think there's some of some great work on it. My favorite enemy. I I listen to constantly. I think that's a really good song. I really I like uh, Don't Count on Me from Double Album. I think that's, yeah, yeah. Uh, that's a great one. Mm. Yeah, the Stephen Hawkins song. It's like it, it's really weird how they'll devote so much time to recording a song that is just kind of it's not really as edgy as yeah i don't know it's it just, like sometimes there's a bit of edge lord that sneaks out and yeah, yeah, yeah. But whatever. Point, pointless yeah it's a bit i don't know i th i always 
this is a this is a thing. I don't think since the uh, announcement, uh, or, or not an announcement, but Fat Mike has said a few times, one of the things he wants to do after No Effects is go into stand up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, interested to hear your take on it because I think he'll either be very good or really open spot level what? edgelord. Yeah, <laughs> I have, I have. He's he's quite a confident. Uh, chap isn't he like he's oh yeah and, and and fair play to him he doesn't really have he doesn't hold back and he's like sure you know just how he's got to where he is but there is there's there there are some things you can look at for evidence for example the the single album vinyl pressing has a different introduction to uh for grieve soto mm-hmm. which uh, uh and, and it has him telling a story about meeting Steve Soto from the adolescence I think he was in mm-hmm. and, and and I think it was f- recorded in a comedy club and it's not it's 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 a nice story because you're hearing about Fat Mike meeting his hero and getting his name wrong but you're like mm. hmm, this wouldn't actually be that good in uh in an actual comedy club yeah and then re- recently sure. he's uploaded I don't know if you've seen it on YouTube you know he's done this Fat Mike like with Baz, the Frenchman, the, the strings guide decline. And oh, the, yeah. I'm a rat. You, yeah, yeah, have you seen that? And the little introduction he does to that, which is kind of how he'd be on stage. And I don't think it's very good. Like, I'm not interested in hearing him talk, really. I don't, <laughs> no. I don't, I don't think, I think he's in, in between banter. Yeah. It, on a no effect show is okay, but he's quite, he's quite, yeah. It's quite awkward and quite like, like you say, he doesn't have the chops to be a stand-up comedian. And I think he thinks what he's saying is really interesting and really funny, and it, it isn't. <laughs> when when I heard he was, you know, having a go at stand-up, I thought, oh, well, that is, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Well, we because we we spoke to Will Hodgson about it as well, and uh, Will's uh, perspective on it was. Um, well, it's not going to be uneventful. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Which I think is a uh, a pretty accurate. Yeah. Thing. I mean, surely, surely, what would make more sense is if he kind of builds it more as yeah. spoken word, and he basically does. Henry yeah, yeah, exactly. Has been yeah, I'd, I'd love to hear his stories. I mean, that's oh, why. Yeah. That's Absolutely. why. That's what's so great about him. It's like our access to the eighties and the early punk scene. That we're yeah. never ever going to experience. That's what that's what yeah. he's managing to keep alive. That was but, exactly Red's point yeah. about a lot of no effects is yeah. is that they are a cloyingly nostalgic yeah. act. Yeah. But you just don't recognise it as cloying nostalgia <laughs> yeah, yeah, if you yeah. weren't there. So it yeah, seems exactly. like this exotic world. Yeah. I think it's I think it's probably also an astute business decision on Fat Mike's part. You weren't there, I'm gonna sing yeah. about it, you know, and he paints all these pictures. And it's kind of Latter day, no effects. He starts singing about it, doesn't he? Especially on, mm. but yeah, I'd love to see him do an hour of like stories from my life and whatever. Yeah. Stand up, uh, yeah. no, no thanks. I think yeah, because yeah, that's it. I think because people have people have sort of gone, oh, have you seen any of Henry Rollins' stand up? I go, I don't know that yeah. I would classify that as stand up again. And it's like Jello Biafra yeah. has always done spoken word. Yeah. And it's been sort of essentially essays in lecture form. And there may be a wry thing mm. in it there. You know, you might even get, you might come away from it going, I didn't expect to laugh so much. Mm. 
but if they build it as standard, we go, I didn't expect to yeah. laugh so little. Yeah, I, I went to see Henry Rollins do a show at the Edinburgh Fringe in 2013, yeah. 14, or whatever it was. And it was it, it was genuinely great. He's a great, mm. and that's so much passion and, like, solid for an hour. And it was kind of funny. But, yeah, you're right. If it was build as stand-up, you'd be like, mm. no, yeah. no. It's, uh, well, because he, he, Fat Mike's friends with Doug Stanhope and stuff, so mm. I think he sort of thinks that, I don't know, it's like, is that is that enough to be yeah, a stand-up? Right. I'm, I'm not convinced, <laughs> but, yeah. you know. Then, uh, I don't know, I imagine we're, I don't want to be too gatekeeper about who can do stand-up, because if, if Mike basically just wrote 10, went to a, an open mic night and, and sort of, like, worked out how to actually do it, I'd be all for it. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah and stuff you know but it's that sort of idea that you can just sort of, because all of the all of the great stuff all of the funny stuff that happens on stage with no effects is because of no effects yeah not exactly just Mike. Yeah. if you don't have hefe and melvin yeah. even smelly joining yeah. in mucking around and all that stuff it's some of it is genuinely like really really funny and uh sort of spontaneous stuff but anyway, yeah. It, I mean, it's it's just like when like really good improvisers have a go at stand up. I mean, there's you know they are gifted at comedy. They can make people laugh. But like stand up is so specific and it's such a disciplined art form that I, I don't know. Like I don't think it's something that you can just have yeah, a go at. Exactly. But a fat Mike definitely thinks he's got the because he's had the stage time. Yeah, just do it. Yeah, yeah. And he can. Yeah, exactly. Tickets, yeah, you know. <laughs> oh, it was happening near me. Obviously, I'd go. Yeah, of course. Yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm not yeah, yeah, any yeah. Crap like yeah. That. If he turned up at the wardrobe in Leeds, obviously yeah. I'm yeah, going. Yeah, yeah, It's um, it, it's you know, a an absolute. I'd, I'd be trying to, I'd be trying to get on, you know, support. You know, yeah, exactly. I'd, I'd, yeah. I'd literally be, I'd, I'd literally be trying everything I could. Mm. But um, whilst all the time thinking this is a bad idea, this is a bad <laughs> idea. This is bad <laughs> yeah. Idea, but, you know. yeah, I'm not going to have any fun, but I'm going to go. <laughs> yeah, I mean the thing is, is that uh, that is what quite a lot of doing stand up is like. Mm. And this is definitely a bad idea. You're going <laughs> to yeah. not do it. Absolutely, I'm going to do it. <laughs> um, what you think? I'm a coward. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> but that's the uh... <clears throat> yeah. So that that I think it's an interesting one. We've got a, a few comedians coming up in our um, uh, interview thing, and I, I want to get the the perspective of this, not to dissuade him, just to make him not. Um, I'm not making him do anything, but it would be, it'd be nice if he rethought it. Maybe he is thinking about doing it this way. And also, if he's friends with a comedian yeah. like Doug Stanhope, then maybe Doug Stanhope will say, okay, but don't don't claim to be one already. You know, do, you know, do it properly or, you know, yeah. uh, you know, earn, your, yeah. earn your spurs or whatever. Um, but again, ultimately, unfortunately... We have to come to terms with the fact that we can't, that all the advice in the world will not stop someone <laughs> who is bad at stand up continuing to be bad at stand up. And I imagine that every single one of us has been used as an example of that in other conversations like this. So I'm not <laughs> yeah. even going to. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Otherwise. 100%. That's just how it is, isn't it? <laughs> So um, let's get on to the questions. Uh, these uh, the standard questions we like to ask. Do you have a favourite No Effects song? I mean, again, Movable Feast. It changes all the time, but um, I think mm. excluding the decline, um, I um, I said that. songs I listen to a lot. Mm, uh, I 
recently it's been bleeding heart disease from heavy petting zoo oh. i think that's a great song ah. uh, i love i mean I, obviously i love dinosaurs will die i think i think it's brilliant i play along to that all the time but i really love um bath of least resistance which was a b-side from oh wow. pump up the valium i think and it was on punkarama one of the punkarama compilations but I, I think that's a oh, that's an awesome song yeah yeah it's sort of their version of teenage lobotomy isn't it <laughs> Sort of yeah, I just think there. it's like bath of least resistance. Wow. Yeah, but I, th- I think it's because uh, then I kind of go, I kind of imagine it being on Pump Up the Valium and go, it doesn't doesn't really work because it's, it's like a bit bit edgier, a bit meaner, a bit darker, um, but it's kind of it's like a different, it's just slightly different. No effects. I just quite like it. Short, sharp. Mm. I mean, they're all short and sharp, but there's just something, it's got a little something else to it that I, I, you don't usually hear, I think. Because I think, obviously, yeah, each no, album each album is, like, quite distinct. <laughs> if you're an effects fan, yeah. obviously, yeah. if you played them to other people, they'd go, oh, this all sounds the same. But it's quite, yeah. it's quite distinct. And that bath of least resistance is just... Yeah, really, really powerful and quite, um, mm. like, quite tricky to play. I, I like playing a lot. Tried to play along with it, and it's like quite like fast, and you know that I found that quite interesting. You know, it's not it's not groundbreaking, obviously, but I think Fat Mike is quite good at making this, the punk rock formula quite like different and exciting. It's always slightly, slightly different from how you'd expect it to be and what other other bands are doing. He always manages to find like a, a new rhythm or a new chord sequence or a new something that makes it that little bit no no effects. Yeah, I th- I think Mike is someone who gets bored quite easily. Yeah, and and so sort of finding little inversions and little tweaks and alterations mm-hmm. to what you'd typically have, and I think yeah. that's possibly why he was into into hardcore because we were saying when we were looking at the earlier albums. Because they're still doing mm-hmm. that sort of RKL inspired yeah. sort of hardcorey thing. Yeah, it's all. It, it'll be super fast for eight bars, and then it'll go down into a sort of a breakdown for four bars, and then it'll go to yeah. a different tempo, and the riff will change. And it's real ADHD kind of. Yeah, feel. it's sort of you know like and you know you see <laughs> like I, I went to see um, uh, Gel at uh, at Boom mm. in Leeds a couple of months back, and all of the opening bands were these sort of these sort of um US style hardcore bands and honestly it it felt like because it was like okay we've done a fast bit now we've got to go to a sort of a slow bit where everyone sort of and then the pit starts up again kind mm. of speed and it just it felt at certain points like their drummer just wasn't like had just been like you know eating cheese and smoking fags for a month it was like i can do the fast bit for a bit and it's yeah right, right 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 yeah <laughs> like, well, like doing circuit training yeah. or something it was a really really weird <laughs> thing because it just sort of it was it didn't feel natural it just felt like you've got that tick right okay there's a, there's a bit where um I mean, it, it really sunk in when the, the 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 singer was doing this sort of wild-eyed, starey stuff, 
you know, um, would sort of, uh, uh, one of them had a song called Zoo, and they go, this place is a zoo, and mm. then do a big jump and everyone join and all this stuff. And then one of the guitarists broke a string, and they all just suddenly turned away, oh, no, what are we going to do now? The other band's got in it, got the back of the okay, yeah. And get it back on. Then as soon as the guitar's on and tuned up, like, I read to go on. Okay, then yeah. this planet is a hellhole, <laughs> and it's like nice. guys, you couldn't what? Yeah, and it, and it sort of if if those strings hadn't if that string hadn't broken, you'd have gone. Well, that guy's pretty wild. It yeah, yeah, like, right. And it's just like, oh no, I think we can't call that big now. But I mean, which which I love um, because I find that very endearing. But yeah. it's also like. Is it just by numbers? But you know, I think, and but yeah, Bath Elise Resistance. We've not mm. had that. That's a great choice because yeah. I, I really do like that one as well. I think I first heard it on the um, forty-five, forty-six, mm. um, sort of yeah. rarities uh, compilation. Yeah, which, which is a great compilation. Yeah, there's it's, so much yeah. stuff on there. Yeah, uh, yeah really, really uh, mm. cool stuff. And it's weird because we were going through. Um, we did the uh, the fuck the kids EP yeah uh, recently and I think all of them except for one of them shows up on that yeah and I was like oh yeah. I do know these and yeah it's, it's interesting to hear all these very and you start going wow there's loads of really short songs mm. like shorter than usual you're yeah like, that's because they were putting them out like ten on a seven inch yeah they had to be short they just don't have the space so. I found that weird um because because I I'm telling Tim is on mm. fuck the kids EP. And he says the line, uh, you won't play again at Gilman Street on yeah. the EP. And then on So Long and Thanks for the Shoes, he changes it to you won't play again at ABC. And yeah. I always wondered why why he did that. I mean, I don't know what I don't know why. I, I'm, I'm like, are you trying to keep Gilman Street a secret from like people <laughs> that don't know about it? I don't know what ABC is. I just I, I would just love to know what yeah presumably that it's the the tv network oh uh, is it Did they, have they done a performance on there oh maybe oh. Bar? There's, there's abc right ABC. yeah sometimes i'm an idiot like that <laughs> i just I thought I, I just I, thought I, abc I, yeah 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 just that's a nice I theory assumed, <laughs> i assumed it was another venue but abc yeah entirely possible yeah um but then also uh tim i think it's tim johannan was mm. the guy saying maximum rock and roll yeah I don't think he had any say over who played on the ABC network. Right, yeah. But he did on <laughs> yeah. he did yeah. over Gilman Street. And stuff. Yeah. He was he was he was the gatekeeper, wasn't he? Mm. He was um and uh, it's sort of a quite a tongue in cheek because there's another song I can't remember the name of no effects there's like I don't miss something I do miss my old friend Tim. <laughs> which I believe <laughs> is a reference. Yeah. That's um, uh isn't that we through Gasoline on the fire. It is, yes. It's the, yeah. uh, the uh, one of the yeah. Ankarama yeah. uh, releases. Yeah, um, this is great. You're like that guy that George R. R. Martin calls when he tries to work out what plot he's not done yet <laughs> yeah. in Game of Thrones. <laughs> <laughs> Just so, uh, could um, could this happen? Not really, because that guy's there now. Yeah, there right. over there. All oh, right. Yeah, yeah. Thanks. Yeah, yeah. that's uh, that's very yeah. But um, but yeah, he finishes. I do miss my old friend Tim. Yeah. And so, in which case, I think that would have been out before. I'm telling Tim. So maybe, uh, but yeah, but that's, um, yeah, yeah, because some of those are changes. I mean, the, I prefer the So Long version because it has the Mel Yell in it and the little guitar yeah. flourishes. And it also oh, has brilliant. that half time yeah. B 
bit at the end. It's just it, it's one of my yeah. absolute favorites. It's a, it's a con- it's it was a contender for contender for my favorite song for sure. Wow. Yeah. And they they played obviously they played it at Hatfield and I was like yes got my phone yeah. to record it. Yes. Well, uh, <laughs> we um I it was a contender for mine when uh, in the first episodes Red and I did the questions to each other and i imagine mm. by the end of it we might do them again when uh when we get to the end of all their uh, albums and stuff and see yeah. if we've changed our minds because we probably will have done i, I said that mine were flexible you know like you say it's that movable feast mm. but i uh i chose laurie myers as my favorite and oh, nice. um and and then we got to see them do it uh with karina at um at uh, yeah. leeds and uh it's that was just phenomenal and what i love about that as well is that because it starts so instantly it takes you a few seconds to realize that they're actually playing it for your brain yeah. to catch up. yeah and then you go oh! you know, <laughs> uh, so you're always slightly on the back foot which makes it more exciting uh, yeah. for me anyway <laughs> hello everyone eddie here red and i hope you're enjoying our show if you have been and would like to help us make it a little more easily, then you can donate to us at our coffee page, which is ko-fi.com forward slash punk rock elite. Or you can look in the show notes for our link tree. If you can't help us financially, we totally understand, but would love it if you spread the words to other people who would like this podcast. We thank you for your continued support. We massively appreciate it. Back to the show. Cool. Um, so... Uh, what's your favourite NoFX album? Do you think? Oh, again, it's so it's so tough. Such mm. such a yeah. tough. Um, that's such a tough question. But I I I think it is either so long with thanks for all the shoes. I just think that's. I just think it's a brilliant album. Yeah. I th- I think it's yeah. awesome. But I also like um, pump up the Valium. I, I think mm. I think that is a great album. I think it's slightly sloppy and it does feel like no effect. Uh, Fat Mike was like, oh shit, yeah, I better release an album. And he just like knocked it out. That's not to say the songs aren't good. I think they're yeah. I think they're great, but it does feel like a man who knows how to write songs yeah. and it's just gone yeah there. But I still think they're good songs. So I probably would say, um, so long and thanks for all the shoes. Um, and and then I think, but I think heavy petting zoo deserves to just be out on its own because it's such a weird little album yeah. uh like yeah uh and it's got a, so i think i think that just is just there and i like heavy petting zoo and i listen to it quite a lot every now and again i get obsessed with it but mm. so so long definitely i think is what i'd say is their best album for me yeah well yeah. that was my choice as well yeah. but that was that was precisely the time that i was sort of getting into them yeah that, that was the album um, exactly and so sort of i consider i consider that that's i still consider that to be like the cutting edge current no effects incarnation as <laughs> no, one does when uh, you get in so i'm like oh yeah. well something old school like punk and drublick yeah very, very old record of theirs. yeah like, well, this new shiny one so long <laughs> all the shoes but you know it was only released 25 years ago or something. Yeah. You know, that's the <laughs> terrifying thought. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, that's, um, it, it is, we, we actually did our little deep dive episode on that one last night. Oh, right. So it's fairly fresh in the head. Oh, cool. Um, and, 
and it is it is a it is quite a singular album in it. Mm. We we're just talking about how trebly it was. Yeah. How uh, how mid rangey it is. There's very yeah. little bottom end, which, yeah, yeah. which is unusual. But if you've come from heavy petting zoo, which is largely bottom end, mm. then uh, the pendulum swung quite a long way to the other. So uh, <laughs> yeah. Anyway. But yeah, cool. That's good. Um, so do you have a favorite no effects lyric? You seem uh, to be very very up on uh, the contents of all the songs, which is. Uh, uh, I'm excited to hear this. Uh, yeah, I do. Um, it's, it's. Um, I've got a couple. I'm always impressed with um, "Take Two Placebos and Call Me Lame." They're just a little <laughs> bit where he goes, "Give a man a key, he cannot not open the door. Give him something free, and he'll resell it to the poor." I just think that's a nice couplet. I really like. Yeah. That. But my actual, my actual <laughs> favorite lyric of theirs is from "Agony of Victory" on coaster where he just says i define success as not working and i live like a king that's just like that that is what i think and i think that probably sums up fat mike's like outlook on life and i remember listening to that album when it first came out and i was in a in a in a corner shop buying cider a big bottle two liter bottle of strongbow because i used to drink in those days and that that lyric came on and i and i was like oh wow that that is and that's kind of i just think that's a good way to live and that's my favorite it's not it's not their best song it's not their best Mm. album but i I just love that lyric i define success as not working and i live like a king i think it's (laughs) something to aspire to because i don't think it it doesn't mean be lazy and do nothing and be a slacker it just means find what you love and do that and you'll probably be happy so that that's what sums it up for me yeah well, it's back to that idea of um, of success and what Fat Mike appears to consider success, and and he's very much sort of well, if everyone is successful, yeah, and that means success. If if only I'm successful, what why what does that matter yeah, when yeah. everyone else is struggling? You know, the, the, yeah. either everyone in this scene is successful or no one is. Yes, yeah. that sort of you know, no one left behind thing, and that's. And all right, you might people might go, oh well, you know, some of these bands that he signed, they may, you know, be able to pay their mortgage, but he's a millionaire. It's like, yeah, they never thought they'd be able to pay their mortgage by playing. Yeah, yeah exactly. Punk band. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But who does that? Like anyone that yeah. can do that, that's pretty yeah. impressive. You got to yeah. go. Well, what were you doing? Some, you know, when um, yeah, exactly, you know, people sort of go, oh well, you know this. This person, all right, they're, they're you know, it's in, in our industry, if you could go, well, look, this person has a, a house and a nice life from doing comedy. Well, I've never heard of him. Yeah, 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 no, exactly. Yeah, it doesn't matter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you're, yeah. you're hearing of that. They, they could work a hell of a lot more doing shit they don't particularly want to do to get you to hear of them. Yeah. But they're not going to be pleased about it. You know, mm. it's, it's it doesn't matter. if you, you You might hear of them one day, but it's going to be – an accident the, rather than yeah. a design or on their own terms yeah yeah totally. precisely, yeah. yeah yeah exactly and that's uh and that's uh, yeah that, that's a very appealing thing was that was that one of the songs from home street home uh uh i'm uh might be i know he did what uh i think yeah i the, think uh, it is i think it is come on under achievers, yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah, it's great. Um, I really like that. I saw. Uh, yeah. Have you seen? Have you seen the? Um, have you seen the musical? Uh, yeah, it was 
popped on YouTube yeah, a while YouTube. ago, wasn't it? Uh, yes. YouTube to MP4 so I can download it. Yeah, Same. I watched it. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> yeah. And they even put the playbill at the end so you can see all the credits. And yeah. Stuff. I was looking at it. I'm like, is that the guy from the Dropkick Murphy? That's the guy from yeah. Living End, and um, and the the the, the on stage musician. Yeah. I'm like that is Chris Cheney from the Living End. That is, <laughs> yeah. And um, but it is great. It's, it's cool. Um, yes. Yeah. I, I really enjoyed it. I was uh, and so hopefully I think mm. the uh, COVID put pay to uh, that for a little bit, but I yeah, apparently it's going to be coming back in some way, shape, or form. Yeah, I'm going to do a vi- movie of it or something. Mm. But yeah, I wonder if if because he wrote it with Soma, didn't he? So he did, yes. I wonder if there's like tricky stuff there, but I'm sure it'd be. Who knows? I don't know. I I don't. Maybe, maybe. Um, but then also with uh, the guy who did Avenue Q as well. So oh, that's true. You know, yeah. There's a, there's three people involved in this, yeah. and maybe maybe there can be mediation or, or something. Yeah. I think certainly post um, they're splitting up. He made some videos with his daughter singing one of the roles and stuff like that. Yeah, that's so true. So I think they uh, they sort of rewrote it for. Mm film maybe so right that's interesting matt skeeble yeah. is going to play the cop for a while yeah uh, and then they said um he's just not he, he had to drop out because he's like look i can't do this night after night if yeah. this is a movie i could do it but i can't i'm not an actor yeah. in that sense i could <laughs> i could do this but yeah not i'm not a, a theater actor which yeah. is a very yeah hard, i mean <laughs> it's a thing. hard thing to do darling but it is it's, yeah, it is of uh, course yeah draining to, to do that same thing yeah. every time over and over again yeah but no that is uh that's a great choice i i i love that you're cutting deep on this this is this is fantastic <laughs> i think we might have already answered this um but yeah what's your favorite memory of no effects yeah i think i think it's i mean i can get uh soppy and say it's my brother playing me um murder the government for the first time even though i was like i hate that but mm-hmm. i I do love the fact it's my younger brother that got me into no effects because it's it's the wrong way around, um, <laughs> and I just love the fact I hated it and, and then eventually like my brother doesn't listen to them anymore, yeah, but as much as I do, I'd I say he doesn't listen to them anymore. But anyway, yeah. uh, but it has to be seeing them at Hatfield, like it has yeah. to be, um, yeah, because it was such. It was such a cool experience being that close to. I don't like going in the pit, really. I'm not yeah. that. I'm not that kind of person. I'm too old and too unfit now. Mm. Uh, so I and it, obviously, if I bought a standard ticket, I would have tried to get as close as I could to the front, and I just don't think I would have enjoyed it. Mm. Well, maybe I would have, but not as much. But being that close to them, and I was right at the front, yeah. the Hefe side, and they were at the beginning. They were really like silly and animated, like not purposefully coming over to where we were standing, but they were certainly running around, got a really good view, and then they kind of settled into the set and just faced out front and did mm. the songs. But I, I, I loved it. I loved it. I loved I loved meeting them. Smelly was really cool. And obviously it was like seconds. So but yeah. Smelly seemed sound as a pound, like mm. just a really happy guy. Melvin was fine. Uh, Obviously, everyone was clamouring over Fat Mike, so he was, and he was funny. He was personable. But I actually got there. I got to the Hatfield two hours before showtime because I was I was so excited. I got up and I, I said to my girlfriend, "I think I just have to go. I have to go now because I'm so excited. Like I just have to. Yeah. I just have yeah. to get there." And then I was sitting under a tree 
my um my by the I just walked in but but not into the thing anyway sitting under a tree just kind of whiling away the hours and then I looked up and saw green hair cycling past on a bike and I was like what that's that's that mic and then I was like right what what do I do I and then I was just ran up and went Mike Mike and then he was with his girlfriend I think he'd well, I, I've seen her on social media, and he was like, "Honey, there's someone for you." And uh, <laughs> and I was like, "Mike, Mike," and I just didn't, I couldn't speak. Like I was starstruck. Like I didn't know what to say. I did. I was like, "Oh, I'm so sorry. I, did, I, I didn't, I didn't plan on rushing you like this." And then he was, I was like, "Will you sign something?" And he was like, "I'll sign one thing, but I won't wait." And I was like, "Okay, fine." And then he said he was on his bike, and he went, "Yeah, they've said I'm not allowed to be on my bike in the park." So I was like, okay, and he signed so long and then kind of cycled off. And I was like, oh, man, I should have got a photo with him. Like, I should have said something like, how are you? Or I'm looking forward to seeing you later. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. But I was just did that, I just gabbled. And then luckily, because I'd read about the bro packages online and people uh, hadn't got to meet them and hadn't, you know, there was no time and it was a free for all. And, but then when we went backstage, like they came out and they were there for a good like I'd say five, ten minutes and like really took time talking to everyone. Then I got a picture with Fat Mike, although like I'm just I'm standing behind him leaning over his shoulder with like my phone like in front of his face and he looks like really grumpy. Uh, I'm looking at the uh, image on Instagram. Yeah, he, he look, yes. I look like the happiest person in the world and he's just like I think he it's his shtick, isn't it? I hope. I hope. Yeah. I, it might uh, just be the moustache. Uh, yeah, well... It might be the moustache, but it does look like Flanders is taking a selfie with Homer Simpson. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and, <laughs> and Homer is fucking livid about yeah. it. There's, something, <laughs> yeah. there's a real, real evangelical yeah. smile of pure joy. And, um, and uh, I mean, I'm guessing you know play acted resentment yeah i hope because i got know. some other photo well actually the dude i met took my phone and took took the photos and there's photos of him like really beaming not with me but like laughing um but he said to me he didn't obviously didn't remember me but he he came in and and went looked at me and went oh i, th I think i remember you from an einstein documentary i watched last night who's bullying me for having a mustache and i was like cool I'll take that memory. That's like a fun. Yeah. But again, I couldn't say anything. I just went, <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Well, and then... at, least know, at least we know he's going to be able to handle hecklers when he's <laughs> yeah. going to burn like that. And then, then we got the, like, in the group picture taken and I was standing next to Smelly and he hit me in the nuts and I thought, well, that's a rite of passage. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's like, Amazing, okay, yeah. to be expected. And the then smelly the nut shot. Yeah. That's something. Yeah. I hope he attacks me. <laughs> yeah. I was like, you guys are from a different era, aren't you? That would be yeah, good. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. okay, it's like, because then I saw him, like, slap his drum tech on the bum, like, really hard, like, mm -hmm. halfway through the set, and I just went, yeah, this is like, this can happen here, can't it? But that, that like, that can't yeah. Maybe it's a good job you're, like, retiring. When you're one half of the Moron Brothers, yeah, you maybe shouldn't be surprised. Yeah, that true. Other things going yeah. down. Yeah. <laughs> Apparently, his drum tech is the guy from uh, All American. Yeah, League. I saw that online the other day and was yeah. like, "Wow." <laughs> yeah, that's mad.
because yeah. I, I was in I was in one of the forums um, and people were having a go at the latest albums because of course they were. Um, I think that's the worst thing about being a, a, a punk band is that if you release your final album, no one's there's not going to be a subsequent album for people to rethink your last yeah. album about but you know because it's always <laughs> the shittest one till the next one and the last one was yeah, yeah. actually mm-hmm. uh, i call well, it i call it star wars uh star wars syndrome they've actually got they're going to release half album <laughs> and uh in lockdown they did the patreon thing oh, yeah. that, I, that i subscribed to and i paid a hundred dollars but there's an ex, there's a vi there's an album of that coming out so oh, that's wow. like one and a half more albums, and then I think he said he's got another two. Yeah. I think they're going to release music. No, oh, they are, yeah. But um, yeah, 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 yeah. They, they're going to yeah. studio stuff. I feel... I, did you oh. read online that um, apparently Hefe and Melvin didn't even play on double album? Like the guitars that's are all done by Fat Mike. And, I... Yeah. Uh, played by John from Old Man Mark. Yeah. And, yeah. Um, a guy from the All-American Rejects. Yeah. Um, I mean, we were talking about this because on So Long, uh, they had a boss tone mm. play the guitar guitar. Yeah. Uh, Spike from the Gimmies doing uh, harmonies. Yeah. Uh, and they have, they, they've they've had different people, cre- but they've always been credited. This would be the first yeah. time I've heard of like ghost guitar. Yeah, yeah, it's weird, isn't and it? I'm, and I'm not convinced of that. Because the only yeah. source I could find was a guy on one of the four Facebook no effects groups saying, "No, I heard it from an engineer who yeah, actually that, engineered on it." I was like, you've, "Yeah, you've read the same thing. That's where I got yeah. it from." Because yeah. I wrote and any source, he went, "Yeah, I heard it from one of the engineers who worked." Oh on yeah, it. then I read what, your quote as well. Wants to remain anonymous. I'm like I'm sure. Like, oh, well, that's me. That's me convinced. It was basically a trust me, bro setup. And I was mm. like, well, I I don't think so. Although I did hear, um, did you listen to the Krista Makes podcast? Yes. Yes. Uh, Klein, where he said that um, Hefe didn't play a lot of guitar. Hefe and Melvin didn't play a lot yeah. of guitar on the decline. He mainly did it and stuff like that. And, yeah, and he, he said he does all the palm muting on their albums. Yeah, which, apparently. Yeah, I found really interesting. And I guess they're really. They're really hard palm yeah. meeting rhythms, and yeah. he's obviously clearly got that bass style because he can play yeah. little, little, little. So it makes yeah. sense. But then I felt sorry for Hefe trying to play them live. He must yeah. be like, "Oh Christ, here we go." Yeah, well, that's it. They're they're, they're not they're not easy easy to play yeah. rhythmically. And Hefe talks about that in the in the book where he talks mm. about um, having to learn sort of the the certainly the muted rhythms and the. Yeah. And the the banana rhythm as well, kind of rhythm that they have in um, in that kind of Californian punk. Yeah, and because Hefe was never really never, never really that into punk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, sort of into it now, but doesn't really, you know, came from a sort of a much more classic rock and metal yeah. perspective. Um, but just found playing with no effects a lot more fun mm. than uh, you know the the corporate stuff he was doing. Yeah. So yeah, I don't know. I mean, the that's that's an interesting thing, and I and I know that obviously he lives with John from Old Man Markley. You know, they live mm. in their little um, sort of um, queer Mattersville yeah sort of plantation thing that they live on. Mm. Um, 
and so I don't know. Maybe maybe John played the guitars on the demos, mm. and the others like learned it that way. You know, yeah. I honestly couldn't say, but um, it it would strike me as very odd that they didn't credit it because they generally yeah. do. Even when they're very very upfront and say, mm. you know, uh, Nate from the Boston's played all the scar guitar on yeah. so long, and you know that all that kind of stuff. They had the guy from uh from the mad caddies play guitar on their cover of radio right they needed that sort of um reggae rhythm yeah uh that uh was just necessary for the way they wanted the song yeah so they're not opposed to bringing in other musicians to make the record sound the way they want to so ali what do you think is the best way to introduce non-fan to no effect uh Presumably not murder the government. Yeah, <laughs> not not murder the government. <laughs> Why I worked genuinely once. I don't think it would I think they'd listen to it and go, Yeah, it's rubbish, you know. <laughs> I genuinely think they would. But I I, I mean it has to be the decline, doesn't it? Yeah. I mean it has sure. to be. It has to be. Although I've only managed to make one person in my life listen to it all the way. And I was working in an office and, and said they were like, oh, what music do you like? I was like, no effect, blah, blah, blah. Or you should listen to The Decline. And I had to like physically kind of go, put your headphones on and just press play. It's 20 minutes long. But she listened to it all. And then at the end was kind of like, oh, yeah, well, I listened to it. <laughs> Fine. <laughs> <laughs> if, you're not into, uh, if you're not into it after that, you probably won't be. Mm, but yeah. um, it's pro- it'd probably be The Decline. And then failing that, possibly 45 46 songs that weren't good enough to go on ah. or or greatest hits i mean because that mm. would kind of cover everything mm. wouldn't it mm-hmm. i think i think throwing them into a, a whole album might be a bit too much i, su- I suppose with the with the uh the greatest songs ever written by us would be that you'll get things like bob but mm. you'll also get separation of church and scale. Yeah. And so you'll get quite a wide right. Cause yeah. when, when did they release that? Did they release that before or after Coaster or sometime around then, wasn't it? It is around yeah. then. Yeah. Um, so yeah. there was only a handful of albums that they did after the greatest yeah. hits, maybe four at most. Mm. It must there. be before Coaster, because I don't think any Coaster tracks are on it. Oh, okay. Yeah. I don't I think, think I think you're right. I think you're right. Okay, so there's maybe five albums that aren't on, that that weren't just yeah. didn't exist before then, yeah. um, because they've got one track from the first few albums. I think they've literally just got yeah. the opening tracks yeah. from the opening tracks, yeah, uh, yeah. Liberal Animation, S and M, and stuff like that. Yeah, and that, and yeah. then uh, and then from White Trash and Longest Line onwards, they uh, they're a bit more generous mm. with it, but yeah. Um, so the pre hefe stuff, there's only three tracks. Mm. But yeah, and I think it's interesting to put something like Days to Days in the middle of all of that because you're like, what is yeah. this? This is it's quite a... It's <laughs> I've, quite I've always, yeah. I maintain that. I think it does hold up, though, Day to Days. I, I think, yeah. Uh, mm. And what, what's the first... Is it Shut Up Already off of Liberal Animation? Yeah. I think that, yeah. that's pretty good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, there's that one, and there's yeah, there's a couple of there's a couple on those albums that are really good, and the rest is, and the rest is I live in a cake. Yes, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> which uh, I mean, if if 
if you really didn't want them to get into it, maybe play them I Live in a Cake followed by the Stephen Hawking song. And then yeah, right. <laughs> then you can sort of, you know, if people are going for that, you can be like, I don't know if this is actually the band. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So he's going to go for Greatest Hits or, or The Decline, yeah. which and is then, their greatest hit. Yeah. And then I thought if I, ha- if I had to play, play them an album to get into them, I'd probably, I think I'd play War and Errors, I think. Because yeah. I think that's sure. quite a good album, isn't it? It's quite like, like if they if they don't like the first track of So Long and Thanks for All the Shoes, they're probably quite not going to like any of it. But I think Warner yeah. has enough like variety that they might find something they like or yeah, appreci- so. appreciate the musicianship or something about it. Yeah, yeah, because you've got yeah. stuff like Anarchy Camp and Mattersville, yeah. Franco and American, uh, yeah, and uh, mediocre. And yeah. Red's favorite, yeah, absolutely. Oh, is that your uh, favorite? Yeah, yeah. It's just so, oh, it's so good. Mm. <laughs> it is. Oh no, it's it's, it it's a, a good... cracking one. So yeah. you, it starts off. It starts off with complaining about how punk isn't like it used to be. You know, yeah. like all their best songs, yeah. and then um, and then uh, a bit of social commentary, sort of an actual song with a chorus, and <laughs> uh, and all the rest of it. So yeah, it yeah. is. It's maybe the. Maybe the sort of maybe it ticks all the boxes of a no effects album yeah, more than I any other. So. Mm. 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 Hadn't thought of that really. No, that's uh that's a great answer. So what and we've covered a lot of this already, but uh what do you think is uh what no effects legacy looks like? Well, I I, I just they they just they are like a shining example, I think, of, of how to be in a band you know they've got they they've got clear work ethic there's that story of them being on an early tour where the headliner dropped out and they carried on going um they obviously have their own record label it's fat mike but they just they just do what they want the way they want and i and i think they have uh they're obviously quite influential in the pop punk scene i and i and they're a gateway band, aren't they? When you mm. first get into punk and you like know the famous bands, you then get to know effects and go like, oh, this feels a bit different. And then from that, you kind of delve deep and get lost in however far you want to go and you know discover the record labels or whatever. So I think they just, I think they're keeping punk rock alive for, for a certain demographic of people. I, I, I yeah. don't think you can argue with that. You know, no, yeah, and they brought it to the masses in a way, and then they've kept kept going and doing their own things, and they're not. It's quite interesting when Fat Mike always says they're not a nostalgia band, but you've got to keep releasing new albums, otherwise you become a nostalgia band. And mm. I think their new stuff holds up as well as some of their mm-hmm. some of their new stuff holds up as well as the old stuff. So I think sure. Just, how yeah. do you feel about uh, first ditch effort? Because I think that is like up there with some of their best. I, th- um, I think it, there's a couple of songs I skip on it. I, I, yeah, I hate, I hate oxymoron. When I same, hate it. I yeah. think oxymoronic like, is a terrible song. There's oh, something like, about it that rubs me the wrong way. Yeah. Well. yeah, yeah, But it's clever lyrics. Yeah, but sure. it's kind of not enough. You know, it's kind of boring it, to listen. It's to. almost a, an exercise in poetry. I think. Yeah, like it's a good. Yeah. It's it's well written, uh, mm. like lyrically. It, but, it yeah. does. It does feel like something that would be read at a poetry slam. Yeah, more yeah. than yeah. appear on a No Effects album. 
yes. for my for my money anyway. Mm. It's also but, a little sort of it 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 goes to show that Mike really works best when he's not constrained by the verse chorus verse yeah 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 mm-hmm. yeah format yeah. really because I don't know and they and they sort of made a video with uh, yeah was it, the, funny the or die stuff. yeah oh, was it funny or die that yeah, was it yeah. funny or die yeah yeah um, and and they look so, they look really awkward when they're playing they're playing the wrong guitars aren't they yeah yeah they're like playing like Stratocasters or something and it just looks, uh, it's yeah, Mike's yeah. Jaguar I think he's, yeah uh, yeah, it's quite, it? yeah, it's, yeah it's all a little bit I don't know I it, yeah, oxymoronic could uh, could well have been consigned mm. to the uh, maybe not pile, yeah. and I would have not mm. lost any sleep over but it. I but I love uh, Biopsy Girl and Deadbeat yeah. Mum. I think yeah. that's yeah. two tracks back to back. Brilliant. Generation Z is mm. a great song. Yeah, I think Six Years on Dope's brilliant. Oh, I'm not yeah, not so sure about I'm I'm sorry, Tony. Or, really? Uh, yeah, I'm not. I just doesn't do it for me. I like Transvest. Light. Light. Yeah. 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 I think that's a good a good track. I uh I I, I love I'm sorry, Tony. Um yeah. I yeah, I don't know why. I uh I'm big nose for a name fan. Mm. And uh, and it was a real weird surprise when right. it was announced Tony Slide passed away. Yeah. And um and that's uh the album they released, the uh the tribute album, uh, the songs of Tony Slide yeah. is stunning. I right. really, really love it. I, I I was just super impressed when it came out. I, I think I listened to it for like a whole week. It was just like, mm-hmm. oh, there's so much cool. Yeah. There's so many bands on it and so many cool versions of all these songs. And, and it was great. And um, I don't know. I think it was, it seemed like a sort of a watershed moment for Mike because, yeah. You know, early you know in the 80s and stuff you're like oh did you hear that kid who was at that show died oh yeah mm. oh, and you sort of get a bit desensitized but you know there's a lot of there was that thing about um it's weird to take photos yeah, sure. of your best friend because you never yeah. think you'll never see them again yeah but since then i've been yeah. taking photos of my friend it's yeah. it's incredible how much that song has actually yeah. changed the way i behave oh. <laughs> and, and uh, i didn't know tony sly no yeah. more than i know fat mike no more than i know <laughs> any other musician yeah. i listen to but um for whatever reason that really uh, uh struck a, a chord, struck a chord with me okay but, but yeah i mean yeah. you know it's um i think it does sound very familiar to i think a song from home street home in the sort of the chord progression mm. maybe but maybe. ultimately yeah. it's, it is what it is and yeah. uh and to hear uh Karina belting out her bit over the top of it as well is uh, always a pleasure for that yeah so drink at home by the way if you haven't already <laughs> um for my mentioning of Karina right. um but um <laughs> so uh yeah that's uh yeah no I I think um I think first ditch effort was possibly a return to form for yeah. me i might not yeah know. i think i actually thought it was one of their strongest for a little was while was that was it the, was the previous album self-entitled. self-entitled yeah i didn't get on with self-entitled mm. i still i still don't really listen to it that much I, mm. and i the first, i remember the first time listening. i don't like 72 hookers it Do feels like no to me it feels like fat mike's gone right what does a no effect song sound like i'll try and write that that and i kind of think that across the whole album so it just doesn't just doesn't sit with me that's all but then first that Shepherd came out and i was like yeah i I like i like this again (laughs) (laughs) 
I uh, let me see. I'm just trying to just see what was on here. Um, oh, I love she didn't lose her baby from uh, self entitled. Mm. It felt like um, part two of um, she's gone right. from white trash, but I think it's in yeah. the same. Ca- this is my theory that I keep throwing out, <laughs> yeah. and no one ever backs me up on it. So I'll just leave it. <laughs> <laughs> only I'm hearing it. Not not to worry. But yeah. Um, no, it, it, it self entitled wasn't their wasn't their strongest one for mm. me, certainly. Um, um, yeah, the uh, Ronnie and Mags. I was yeah. like, I don't know, it's mm. not not very convincing. Whereas uh, no. Nancy and Sid was yeah. great. Yeah, oh, Nancy and really Sid is fantastic. Yeah, really, it was yeah. like it was like the successful version of that. That's how you do yeah. a silly song about the the Reagans and stuff. Yeah. That's great. Absolutely. Um, really, really great. So yeah, they they really brought it back on on first ditch effort mm. for for me certainly. Yeah, seems like maybe for you two as well. Mm. So we've come to the final question, one that people wrestle with for hours of sleepless nights. Um, yeah. Who's your favourite member Apart of Apart from Effect? Lily from the Mefs. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Who chose to rank them in order. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, without any hesitation whatsoever. None. Yeah. Mind you, mind you Lily from the Mefs' response to what is now Effects' legacy was, me, the Mefs. <laughs> nice. So, you know. Can't she has got uh, incredible stage presence, hasn't she? She's doesn't she? Like, oh, I, I saw them for the first time at Hatfield and was just like, whoa, like yeah, yeah. striding across that stage. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. It, was, it, was, it was cool. And they're and great. Her yeah. personality really carried through to our yeah. interview with her as well. Like, she's oh, like, nice. just a really yeah. yeah, She's wonderful, yeah. And, yeah. and uh, yeah, I like the way she does stride across the stage like Godzilla over Tokyo. Yeah. Like, really just, yeah. oh, it's great. It's um, it's fantastic. But, yeah, mm. so... Um, but... Uh, my favourite members. Uh, I mean, I, th- I think it, it... I Fat Mike, obviously, I love Fat Mike. Mm-hmm. He's a hero. He's a hero, but I actually think um, I, th- I think it might be Smelly. I love I love yeah. Smelly, and I got similar. Like I don't drink anymore, so I'm sober. And then when you read the book, and you're like, oh wow, like you know the journey that Smelly's been on, and he he j- and when I met him, and I just got this like aura of like this is just a happy dude who's like really just chilled out, loves his life. He just see and you see him on mm. social media like a little bit doing his pickle stick stuff and the few live videos he's done around album releases. He just seems like a really, really sound guy. And I've watched a podcast with him talking about his sobriety. And then there was another interview where someone was talking to him about his career as an artist and he went, I'll stop here. I'm not an artist. I'm just a man that learned a beat and got lucky. And I was like, Yeah. You're a, you're a cool dude. So I I I'd say Smelly. I think nice. I just think he's I think he's amazing. He's I mean they're all dudes and they're all awesome. Yeah. I think they're all great. Uh, but I think there's something about Smelly that is just like yeah. If I can if I can grow up and be like Smelly. Be yeah, right. yeah, yeah. I I think he's the one who came the closest to losing it all. Yeah. And maybe mm-hmm. that perspective because it really was like you get off heroin or you are yeah. not in the band you know yeah. like he, he the, the day he finished his drums for white trash they packed him off to rehab right yeah 
as I uh, if I'm getting my yeah, I think, my, yeah. my history right. Mm. They're like so, so not only did he record white trash whilst yeah. on heroin, <laughs> which is yeah. baffling enough yeah. to me. Like, really? Okay. Yeah. But then it was like, look, this is your last chance. You've sort of, you know, yeah it's semi kicked it a couple of times, but now it's got to be. Mm. And um and then he just did. And yeah. uh, and I think that's that's hugely impressive. And his yeah. a lot of people came around to Smelly being that being who he or realizing who he is from the book. Yeah, totally. His his story his stories in the book. You know, Mike's got some interesting stories. A lot of yeah. them are about piss. Yeah, <laughs> fine. You know, get yours. Yeah. But, um, you know, and there's um, but I think he was sort of candid on his own terms i yeah. think smelly was sharing stuff that he wasn't necessarily 100 percent comfortable with but it's yeah. like the only way to make sense of me is if you know this exactly is my is my reading I'm yeah thinking, but. yeah fantastic well uh we'll uh we'll not keep you too much longer because you are in a uh, a tiny little insulated studio <laughs> yeah um and it's Gosh. uh Becoming shinier and shinier. Yes, and it's currently a lovely day in the UK, so uh, you'll just be cooking gently. Um, But, uh, Ali, do tell us where we can find your stuff, where people can uh, find out about what you're up to and all the rest of it. Um, I'm out out and about all the time. Uh, I think when this comes out, the next thing, significant thing I'm doing is the last week at the Edinburgh Festival, just a work-in-progress show called I'm More Interested in What You Have to Say. It's like crowd work, basically, because that's oh, cool. what what I find the most fun to do. And also it means I don't have to write much material. So <laughs> uh, I'm enjoying that. But I, I'm twice Bryce Bryce on all social media. Mm. And I've got a website, alibryce.com, that probably hasn't been updated ever. But um, <laughs> <laughs> So if you want to yeah, see Ali's doing Angel that. Fire website, then... Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But thanks for having me. I've had an absolute blast talking about NoFX. I've loved it. We've loved having you on. Absolutely. Uh, thank you so much. We'll, um, I'm, I'm sure, uh, I mean, basically, the, the way we're planning on doing this is we're going to keep on going till we've done all their major releases and interviewed nice. as many people as we possibly can. This podcast will probably morph into a general punk rock oh, cool. podcast yeah. eventually yeah. because, yeah, nice. you know, we're... Um, with you know with a with an emphasis on on a sort of a no effects perspective yeah that won't be for a little while but you know we'll we'll definitely have you back when we're doing yeah broader oh cool punk rock in general, nice one. or if there's any notable shit yeah in right no effects world which yeah. I'm sure you'll be on before i am um <laughs> or that or reading my comments and uh, yeah, right. them as your own but, <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, whichever way it works we all get our info somewhere yeah but uh thank you so much ali you are truly our punk rock elite and we will see you again i'm sure uh, cheers thanks very much see you cheers soon mate. see ya well, I hope you all feel like weekenders after listening to Ali Bryce talk about no effects. And I hope you've been listening to everything he said because we are now going to do a test. A test which we are definitely going to fail. <laughs> He's, um, wow. It really, really makes you feel like you're not qualified to do the podcast you do. Yeah, maybe we <laughs> should just pass this podcast over to Ali. Maybe it'll it will just be uh it'll be a three hour monologue four times a week. <laughs> 
I don't know what it is about no effects, but so many people that we've interviewed have said, uh, yeah, well, the thing is, is that my partner, significant other, all of my friends, none of them like no effects. <laughs> yeah. It's a really yeah. isolating thing to like. It's weird. <laughs> That's so true, isn't it? It's really we, odd. We've all got suffering partners who, we do, yeah. who, who are sick of us talking about no effects. <laughs> yeah. I, I, to be honest, Emma has said uh, it's a bit easier now. I can do this at least once a week with someone else because now I feel... <laughs> You know how you become less of a show-off when you start doing stand-up? <laughs> like, you used to be, like, at parties and stuff, you'd be the one wanting all the attention. Look at me, i got my trousers on my head. Woo, 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 all that stuff. And then as, as soon as you start doing stand-up with any regularity, it's like, oh, hey, how's it going, everyone? I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> You're getting it all out elsewhere. You become a lot more bearable. <laughs> so, yeah. But, uh, yeah, wonderful. Uh, I think um, we've got uh, the first first example of uh of the nut shot from smelly uh got mm-hmm. hit in the bollocks by smelly that's pretty great can't uh can't deny that's a bit of a uh a rite of passage for a, a no effects fan <laughs> i hope ali wasn't planning on children but yeah it's um it's sometimes it's just a treat to hear someone get very into uh, no effect i also what i really like is um as much as Ali just loves no effects and is sort of obsessed with them, he will just say things like, Oh yeah, I hate that 72 Virgin song shit. (laughs) Yeah. And you know, like, I think the last thing I want from a no effects fan is for them to be too precious about, uh, no effects and their legacy, because I don't think that no effects are precious about their own legacy. And I think they'll happily turn around and go like, yeah, that wasn't very good. Or we didn't do that. Right. Like, yeah. um, they, they don't think everything they did was perfect. So I, I always no. find it odd if I do run into a NoFX fan who thinks that everything they've done is uh, infallible. Yes. And uh, again, I don't know that I know anyone. I think there's still some people who will sort of nod along if you go, yeah, but I mean, the first few albums weren't stellar all the way through. Mm. Um, although there's plenty of people online who would have you believe that that was the only no effects era, but yeah. So, uh, <laughs> but yeah, what a what a treat that was. Um, again, if you've made it this far, uh, very sorry about the heavy, heavy opening, but um, we, it's such an unpleasant thing that we had to say something about it, and to say something about it in six weeks would just be pathetic. No, no pun on the drummer's nickname yeah i I th- i'm glad that we're gonna start doing it this way from now on so then like fans can uh you know like if something has come up more recently we can talk about it rather than it you know <laughs> yeah absolutely if if we've received something from you and you've not heard back i may well or one of us may well have responded through that medium but if we've not mentioned it on the show please do remind us don't don't um, think that that's all you're getting is uh, an email back saying thanks for listening. Uh, slightly more in depth than that, but you know what I mean. Do do just nudge it again if you want something. If you want us to share some of your no effects um, related stuff, we'd we'd really uh, we'd really love that. Um, so do remind us through whichever medium you uh, had, or if you know anyone who you think would be uh, a, a good interview. If you uh, if you know of any sort of reasonably well-known no effects fans because we've been looking for them 
Mm-hmm. We've yeah. been hunting them down. We've got some in the in the pipeline, um, and uh, we're excited about that. But yeah, so anyway, you can find us at uh, punkrockeletepodcast at gmail dot com, uh, punkrockeletepodcast dot com. I think put a website up ages ago, and I've no Ooh. idea. Yeah, ages ago. Um, it's basically just a um, uh, a place where you can just send us a message. So if you can't remember, the, it doesn't matter. Um, there's there's nothing of any great value on there, but it's another way of getting in touch. Instagram, any of that stuff. Uh, you can find our. Uh, coffee page uh ko-fi coffee however you want it ko-fi.com forward slash punk rock elite anyway it's in the link tree in the description so if you want to um offer some financial support you can do it that way if not just keep sharing the show around let people know about it and uh, although now we know that people who like no effects exist on their own surrounded by non-no effects fans so it's a lot harder to spread the word virally that way it would appear, but anyway. <laughs> Thanks so much for being here, Red. No problem. Thank you for having me, Eddie. No worries at all. And we will see you next time. Bye-bye. Goodbye. Thank you for listening to Punk Rock Elite. It was a pick scraped and fruitcake co-production by Eddie French and Red Redmond. If you're not following us on Instagram or subscribe to the podcast, please do. The main theme and production was done by Eddie French. Please contact us at punkrockelitepodcast at gmail.com. Thank you.